from going from complete fear of how this labor and delivery and after baby, you know, the postpartum period is going to go to something that it was just an amazing process and everything went so smoothly and it was so peaceful and how it was supposed to go. My, I worked with my body, not against it. It was just beautiful. Danielle, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Danielle on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Um, Hi Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to hear your stories. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I am Danielle Goddard. I married Travis 15 and a half years ago. Um, We live in New Hampshire and we have seven children and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Awesome. So where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? Um, I would say being the oldest of 12 children kind of sparked me wanting to be be a mom. Um, Mm. I guess that's pretty much, I I just dreamt of having a big family and that's where it started. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So where did your birth journey, um, actually begin for you as far as pregnancy and into birth? Um, Travis and I were married about six months and I found out I was pregnant with Keegan. The funny thing is, um, I had decided to climb Mount Monadnock for the very first time. And I was wondering why I was so winded. And by the time I got down, my legs were so shaky. I was wondering what in the world is wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then I, I got up for, for um, the next day to make Travis breakfast. And I ended up throwing up because of the smell. And I'm like, Hmm, (laughs) I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> and that's pretty much I went and got a test and I was right. Mm-hmm. So that's when with my first pregnancy in 2007. Yeah. So how did that pregnancy go? What kind of care did you choose for um, your prenatal? I chose to go to um, the hospital birth. Um, my family was very much hospital births. Um, my mom had all her babies there. So, um, that's where I started out. Mm. Yeah. So how was that experience for you as far as the prenatal time? At that point, I didn't know anything different. So, um, it was pretty simple. You know, you go in and do everything they, they tell you to do. And there was nothing really significant with his, um, pregnancy that, I could, you know, that stands out. It was pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) And you can kind of have a smooth. Right. I mean, I did get the normal 
morning sickness, but it wasn't anything terrible. It lasted for 16 weeks. So, So what about that birth? How did that labor begin? Um, So his birth, I was about six days overdue and they said, um, you're overdue. I wasn't contracting at all. Um, not even really getting Braxton Hicks. Um, so I was like, sure, why not? You know, I didn't know anything different. And so we went in on April 4th. Um, and they, we went in for eight or no seven and they put me on pit around eight which is Pitocin. Do, should I explain that? Or you think pretty much everyone knows um, that? Yeah, I'm sure most people probably know what okay. that is. Yeah. So I went on Pitocin. They broke my water at 8, around, I'd say, 12. And um, I decided once the contractions really were starting to get hard, it was just wave upon wave. I could hardly even breathe. It was, Mm. they turned the Pitocin up so high and I had never had a baby before. So I didn't know I could be an advocate and say, Hey, this is too much for my body. Can you please Mm -hmm. turn it down? Um, so I just rolled with it and I decided I wanted to do a water birth. So they brought me into the water birthing room. It was a separate room. And I labored in there for about four hours. And I remember I didn't get anything to eat during this time, no breakfast mm. or anything. And I was so weak. Oh. Um, Travis had to hold me up. He was leaning over the tub because it was way taller than me. And he, his arms went numb. <laughs> he was like, I don't think I ever want you to have a water birth again <laughs> after that experience. <laughs> Um, for holding me up for four and a half hours just because the contractions were just wave upon wave. I could barely wow. get get in a breath in between the next one coming. It was just crazy. Um, so then they had told me that once I start feeling like I'm going to push, um, I had to get out of the tub. And that was kind of disappointing for me because I wanted to see how it would be having him in the tub. Mm -hmm. Um, So once I started pushing, they had me come out. And um, I remember, it's kind of blurry. It's been so long ago. He's 14 now. Um, I remember that while I was pushing, um, they gave me an episiotomy because they knew he was big. He was a really big baby. Um, and they were saying, Danielle, you, I know you don't have a contraction, but you have to push. No matter what, you have to push without the contractions. We have to get this baby out now. And they were just pushing on my stomach, and I was trying to breathe in between the contractions and pushing. And I was, I was like, wow, if this is labor and delivery, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was yeah. so scary, you know, as a first-time mom. Um, so once he came out, I tore all the way. Um, we found out it was a boy. He was nine, nine and he was, um, 19 inches when he was born and they did have to, um, I did tear. So they did have to do, I think they did about 10 stitches if I remember correctly. Um, 
So that was his labor and delivery. <laughs> hmm. So you had the episiotomy and the tearing. Yes. So they did the episiotomy, Ugh. but his head was so big that I tore mm-hmm. all the way. Wow. Yeah. Did they ask you before they did the episiotomy or did they just go ahead and do it? No, she just said, I'm giving you a episiotomy and keep pushing. So I had no say so. (laughs) Yes, it was, (laughs) you know, being a first time mom and even with Travis, you know, being a first time dad, we didn't have, we didn't know we had that advocate for ourselves Mm -hmm. to say, no, you know, I don't really want to, you know. So I guess Mm -hmm. I found out later that, it was either the episiotomy or I would have had a C-section. Mm-hmm. He was just that big. Yeah. Wow. I mean, okay, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a good size baby. It, um, it is. It is. But yep. I mean, I've also heard of women delivering bigger babies. Exactly. <laughs> and, right. You know, so right. yeah, I just don't understand the hospital's like grid for baby size. Big babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had someone on the podcast, um, a while ago and she said that she actually had a better time delivering her bigger babies, like Mm -hmm. than her smaller ones. And Mm -hmm. she's always like, I hope I have a good size baby because they're easier to get out. Yeah. Right. Wow. (laughs) Right. It's so interesting. It is. Yeah. My grandmother had a 11, 12 pound baby and she said that was her best delivery. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Huh. Yeah. So. Really interesting. Well, so then how was that recovery? That must have been, oh, I can't It was imagine. so, um, it was really hard. Um, yeah. Once they put, see, we were in a separate room when I was birthing him. And so then they brought me back to my room and they put me in a wheelchair and I passed out on the way to the room. And wow. I got back into the room. And, you know, we're there trying to, like, do skin to skin and everything. And um, they're like, why don't we try get you going to the bathroom just to see. And they put, I remember they brought the porta potty in and I passed out sitting on there. Next thing I knew, they were tapping on me. Danielle, Danielle, wake up. It was pretty scary for my husband to see. (laughs) Mm. But I had lost so much blood. Um, with a big baby and tearing and everything, um, that I was just weak from that. Yeah. And then so did wh- you have a, a hemorrhage or you just, I did hemorrhage with him. You yeah. did hemorrhage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else from that first one? Um, I did go, I did have a really rough postpartum, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was just all the trauma yeah. from everything and being the first time mom not knowing what to expect and I wish I could have gone back and you know gotten things ready say having stuff for iron um, they never sent they had me on iron at the hospital and then I quit I had no iron to go home to oh. so I had like no support in that area at all mm-hmm. so make sure so if didn't... you oh sorry go ahead make sure when you go home, you know, everything, (laughs) you know, you ask all the questions. (laughs) I wish I would Mm -hmm. have at that point. Yeah. 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 I think I hear that so often is most people don't prepare for postpartum. Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's such a shock. I know it was for me, my first vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So they didn't like tell you because you lost a lot of blood. Like they they didn't 
like advise you on what to do in order to like build your blood back up or anything after you left the hospital? No, they didn't. Wow. In fact, my um, husband's oldest sister, she, um, she had a bunch of babies. So she was like, you need to be on this, this and this to get your, your um, Mm. blood, you know, back, you know, my iron back up. So I, thankfully she was able to bring stuff over for me. Otherwise I would have not done anything, not really yeah. knowing, you know? Nope. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. And when, I mean, I had a miscarriage a few months ago and I lost quite a bit of blood during that process. And I was like lightheaded for a good, I think two or three weeks. And mm-hmm. I started, I was taking something afterwards to help, you know, build my blood back up. So I can't imagine like, you know, going through giving birth and losing, you know, hemorrhaging. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then going home and not having that insight to know, like, you can do something to help. That's, yeah, exactly. Wow, that's really crazy. Oh. Yeah, so that was my first one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I... how... Oh, go ahead. He was about two and a... Yeah, a little over two when I found out I was pregnant again. Um, with our second baby, um, I felt like I was finally getting better from postpartum. So I was really, really excited to find out I was pregnant again, um, and to have a playmate for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how was that second birth? I mean, Uh, pregnancy. (laughs) Her pregnancy was rougher, um. I ended up having acid and I could only eat eight tablespoons of peanut butter. That was the only thing I could keep down Wow! from throwing up. So I had a friend who was due two weeks ahead of me and we would um, book our appointments together. And here we were driving to our 20 week ultrasound and I'm eating my tablespoon of peanut butter just to keep me <laughs> from throwing up. <laughs> oh, wow. So were you like diagnosed with hyperemesis or anything or you just, no, no. no. So you just had the peanut butter. Yeah. I just had the peanut (laughs) butter and yeah, I made it through. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Yep. So you went right back. You went to the hospital. Yes. I went back to the hospital with the second. Yeah. So did you choose, I mean, I guess it would depend on your, um, I guess how that hospital works. Was it like a rotating where you see like different doctors or did you have yeah. a specific doctor or? Nope. There was three doctors at the time. So I'd see yeah. three different ones during that pregnancy. Um, I was trying to think. I did start what was called gentle birth because I had gone overdue with Keegan. Um, I wanted to do something that would help me to have more, since I didn't have Braxton Hicks with him hardly at all. Um, to do something, maybe it would start me putting me into labor and I'd go on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was about, let's see, um, six days over again. And they're like, well, you're not really doing anything. You might be one or two centimeters. Um, how about we just induce you since you had a really big baby the first time? Um, we don't want you tearing like you did. So I was like, all right, let's just do this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. So so going into that second pregnancy um, and then planning, you know, a, a second hospital birth, like, did you do anything to kind of like prepare yourself? Like, 
mentally to like prepare for like if that was kind of like what you thought birth was you Mm -hmm. know that the you know the pitocin contractions and you know the tearing and the cutting and all of that like was were you just kind of expecting that to happen again and like what did you do to kind of prepare yourself for Um, for me my husband's my huge advocate for me he's willing to stand up for me more than I am Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I just love that I have his support and you know through the years I've learned to stand up for myself too Um, we did a lot of research um he, we figured out we wanted to tell them it went really, it was really rough the first time. We're going to go Pitocin just a little bit at a time because I couldn't even barely breathe in between them Mm -hmm. before. And so when we went in at around eight, the same time, um, we told them that and they said, that is just fine. We totally understand. We're not even sure why they kept doing cranking it up on you because they're not supposed to. You know, if you can barely breathe, that's not okay. So I was very thankful to have the nurses the second time going in that were very supportive of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you were able to kind of do a little bit more research and preparation to not have it be. Right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did that induction go? um, So they put me on pit around 8815. Um and as we were waiting for the contractions to come, um, we started this thing where we play phase 10 <laughs> until mm-hmm. the contractions get too hard to play um, just to kind of pass the time and ease my mind a little bit instead of worrying. Um, so that's kind of a little tidbit that we started. <laughs> for mm-hmm. some reason, I never ended up winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really, <laughs> you're like having contractions and stuff. Yeah. Probably... <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. You can't talk anymore. I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just had to, oh, it man. just kind of cracks me up, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, did you bring funny. the phase 10? Yep. This mm-hmm. time I did. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but so they broke my water at 1230 and the contractions really came on fast with hers. Um, I started dilating pretty quickly and because I tried going natural with Pitocin with the first one, I decided to get an epidural. Um, so they gave me an epidural around one and um, that was very, very amazing to me after going through what I did with Keegan. You know, I could talk mm-hmm. to him, I could just relax and kind of of an enjoy her you know the whole labor process I felt even though I did have a window of pain on my right side it was nothing compared to my first birth oh yeah I can't <laughs> yeah imagine. um in fact the doctor that was on call Dr. Wilson um he was my favorite he stayed with us for three hours of my labor and through all the pushing and just coached me through her whole birth it was pretty amazing so she was so they broke my water I got my epidural at one and she was born at 415 um and she came out with a head full of black hair and our Kiana (laughs) you would never Mm -hmm. believe it today she came out with black hair but because she's (laughs) totally blonde now (laughs) I have one like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) love it yeah so she was did you Oh, sorry. Go ahead. She was eight 
pounds, 15 ounces, and mm-hmm. 19 and a half inches. So she was a little smaller, but she was still big. Yeah, she's a good size. Yeah. So did you have any tearing or did, no. did it go better this time? It went way better this time. Oh, good. Um, I joke around to this day and that Keegan pretty much paved the way <laughs> my yeah. first birth. I haven't yeah. torn since. So, yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yep. that's what my doctor told me after my first vaginal delivery, like with my tearing and stuff. She's like, when that first with that first baby, she's like, you know, you just hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, not so. everybody does, but it, no, it's probably more common than not to right have some with your first. Yeah, and I know going into Kiana's birth, labor, and delivery, um, I did quote a lot of Bible verses and just constantly in my mind to keep me calm and try not to get uptight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to have that also that mental and spiritual preparation. Definitely. It means a lot as well. It does. So then how was your postpartum with, with her? My postpartum was, um, it was still hard. I did go through postpartum depression and, and mostly anxiety Um, but hers was much, much easier than it was with Keegan's. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything else from that second Um, second one you want to? I don't think so. Okay. So you can... Oh, I do actually. Okay. (laughs) When I was so sick with her, um, our Keegan was like, almost he was around two years old and I would be pulling over just throwing up anywhere you know anywhere I drive I'd pull over and he had this Mm -hmm. habit of climbing out of his car seat and anytime I pulled over he'd come up and pat my back and say mama are you okay you okay mommy (laughs) oh that's so sweet that was the cutest thing ever (laughs) be like yeah mom's okay it's just because I'm having a baby and I get sick (laughs) oh yeah so I think that's all I had with hers okay um so how long before your third one came along um let's see Kiana was about she was about one and a half when we found out I was pregnant with our third baby um again we were very excited you know to welcome another little one um with her pregnancy Hers was pretty basic. I was just probably, I wasn't as sick as with the first two. Um, So I felt like having two little ones, it was a lot easier. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just, I was sick maybe 16 weeks and um, it was pretty basic pregnancy with her also. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides when... um, I was pregnant with two of my sisters at the time, and I think we were all around 20-something weeks, and we found out her daughter had hypoplastic right heart. So she was on instant um, bed rest um, where the valve, it was where her valves and her, I think it was the right heart, right side of her heart, the chambers were too small, and so they didn't know if she was going to survive. So I know with that pregnancy, it was a lot of how is she, I focused more on how is she going to do, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And um, we were due 10 days apart. And we always joked, well, she goes early and I go late. Um, so she most likely will have her baby on my due date and I'll most likely have mine on hers. <laughs> and sure enough, she had no her, yeah, she had her <laughs> Emily on my due date. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. cool. That was pretty neat. And I ended up going eight days overdue with her, um, which I'm very thankful to this day because I was able to meet uh, my sister's baby, Emily. Um, we say that Joelle was able to meet her just through my belly holding her. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up passing away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Did she pass away at birth or? Um, 16 she... days later, she passed okay. away. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So That's Joelle. Hard. Yeah. I ended up getting induced with her. My body was staying at a two, three and just not going anywhere. And I think with all the stress of, mm. we moved in with um, her two children and we had our two little ones while they were down in Boston. Um. So my mom came out to be able to watch all the kids at their house while I went in to have our third baby. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to to go go through, you know, the process of giving birth and what should be, you know, like such a joyous thing to welcome a new baby but have also, you know, outside. Right. My, my sister's baby. Yeah. My sister's baby is in the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the day that Joelle was born, she ended up having her very first heart attack and that's when she started going downhill. So it was like, um, yeah, a really different time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that induction? Did um, you have the same type of experience? Yeah, I, I ended up going in. Um, they decided they were going to put... I went in, in at the night before at around 7 o'clock um, because my cervix wasn't thinned enough. Um, they wanted to put me on Cervidil. And in another way, I had told them, can we just try the Cervidil over going on Pitocin? Because I really, really would not want to go on Pitocin if I don't have to. And they said, sure, why not? So they put the Cervidil in. Um, we went to sleep, and around 7, I think, they came in. And they're like, well, um, you're dilated. You're, I actually started contracting all on my own. Wow. Yes, it was around 10 o'clock in the – oh, I wrote down, yeah, I was dilated at 5.30 at night to a one three. Um, and then by 10 a.m. I was dilated to a four. Mm. Um, and I asked for epidural around 10:15, and it actually made me dilate very fast. <laughs> mm. I dilated probably to a four or five around 11:15, and they broke my um, water at 12, and she was born at 12:30. <laughs> Wow. Yes. So did so, you end up getting any Pitocin that time? I got no Pitocin that time. Wow, awesome. It was just, we really said a big prayer before we went in with everyone that, with everything happening happening with my sister and, and their baby, if I could just have a birth, mm. you know, that would go so smoothly and not have Pitocin, that would be amazing. Yeah. 
And just the Cervidil was all I needed with her. Hmm. And I pushed two to three times and she was out. (laughs) (laughs) And for, yeah, eight days over, she was my, one of my smallest and she was seven, six. So I almost wonder if, in my heart, I almost think she wasn't even overdue, but maybe she was, I don't know. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Due dates are just kind of an estimate. Right. (laughs) And then going from a nine pound, nine, nine baby to a seven, six is like, oh, I just got this tiny little baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) She must have felt like a doll. (laughs) She did. (laughs) Oh, so sweet. So then how is that postpartum, you know, having a baby and then, you know, losing your niece? I can't imagine. Um, what was that like? So, you know, like right when we got home from the hospital, we went straight to my brother, my brother-in-law and sister's house to wa- be there with the family. And my mom was kind of like in and out. She'd watch the kids and then go down to the hospital to be with them here and there, you know, and my other sister would come in to help. Um I think the hardest time was um, when Emily had passed away. I didn't even want to be there, you know, almost when they came home because they just left their baby there and she was gone. And I, here I am holding mine, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But they told me, no, we want to meet your little daughter. And um, that was the the neatest thing ever. Here they had lost their little one and they still wanted to meet their niece, Joelle. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like my postpartum was actually with everything that went on was really went really well. Mm. I think it was a lot of focusing on my sister and mm. oh she needs us that um yeah, I don't know. It just went really well that way. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure since your birth wasn't it didn't sound like you had any sort of like real trauma or anything so no I'm sure that helps too it helped a lot yeah super intense <laughs> for sure yeah yeah Aww. yeah so oh, well, I think that must be like a blessing for your sister to be able to see yes know, your baby like grow up and like kind of have all the oh you know the milestones and yes what her baby would have been doing and right and my I'm sister sure that you know there's that sting in her heart of mm-hmm. you know missing her baby but like to get to watch you know her her sister's baby go through all of that it must be special to kind of have yeah. that connection yes definitely in fact yeah. um their oldest daughter um she has a connection with our Joelle. She had wanted a baby sister so bad. And she finally got her little princess, she called her, and she passed oh. away. So anytime we would come around, she just instantly put her arms out and be like, can I hold your baby, you know? Aww. So that was precious to her, you know? Yeah, that's special. <laughs> yeah, very. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So do you have anything else from that? time you want to share um I don't know I guess I think the hardest part was um well my I had another sister who who had her baby maybe two weeks before we did um and so we had this family picture and it was only picture with Emily in it because we were all pregnant and that's where she was as my my immediate entire family 
Um, Mm -hmm. And going to the funeral and having my baby and my other sister having her baby, that's the only way they got to meet her. That was pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. But um, just so thankful the support we had with having baby meals to come in and meals for my sister and her family just the outpouring love and prayer and support was just amazing it carried us all the way through even me through in my postpartum era you know time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, you're blessed to have that community for sure definitely (laughs) right it's beautiful yeah 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 So, so, yeah, you can um, let's see what you want to next. <laughs> yep. So I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. Joelle was, these are my closest, and they're about 21 months apart. Um, I found out I was pregnant again. Um, his pregnancy pretty much was really simple and easy. Um, I think I was about, I think I was, um, let's see, one day over and I was just getting, I was really tired with this pregnancy. Um, Mm. and I remember like, oh, we just need to start this. I do not want to go on Pitocin. I was trying exercising, driving down bumpy roads, anything to get this baby (laughs) out. (laughs) Um, it ended up being, um, he was four days over and I started um, going into labor all on my own. Um, I remember having my mom do, she was out here and she was doing pressure points and it actually helped for me to start having contractions. Mm. And I was pretty excited with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my labor started at around um, one o'clock in the morning. And I woke up my husband around 3.30, and I'm like, you know what? These are starting to get pretty hard. I think we should go in. So um, we went in for around 7. They're like, well, you know, they're not that close together, so how about you wait a little bit longer and just come in for 7 when the doctor comes in? So um, that's what we did. And I got went in, and I was around 3 centimeters Um, and Dr. Stetzer came in and she's like, how about we just break your water? Because it seems like when we break your water that you end up having your baby within four hours, the max. Um, so I was like, sure, why not? (laughs) If anything to, you know, if this is going to start me into labor without having to go on Pitocin, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Um, Once they broke my water, um, my entire labor totally stopped. Wow. (coughs) So they were like, "Um, we broke your water. We need to start having you do different positions. You should try the birthing stool, you know, just walking around. Um, Anything just so we, you know, to see if you really don't want to go on Pitocin, let's try this. And... Mm -hmm. No matter what we tried, it just, my labor would not start up again. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Ugh, and that's like, that right there is that, like, 
you know, that risk. Yes, exactly. Having these interventions, like just because something might be your normal doesn't mean every time it's every time it's going to work out. Continue to be. Yes. So that's, (laughs) oh, that's a prime example right there. Exactly. (laughs) Why it's better to to wait, no you know, inter- yeah, mm-hmm. less intervention is usually better. <laughs> right. So if I would have yeah. known, known today, I would have been like, okay, I'm not going anywhere. Can I just go home? Mm-hmm. And maybe it yeah. will start up again, you know, before mm-hmm. breaking water or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they gave so me, what ended up happening? They gave me only a half hour and they're like, all right, we need to put you on Pitocin. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> it's just, I know the contractions are just that much harder and not normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. <coughs> so then how did that end up going and playing So out? around 1130, they started, they knew I wanted to start slow. They put me mm-hmm. like at a one. And then at 1230, they kept upping it until I was at a five. You know, they have the l- certain levels they want to go to. Um, around 215, they upped it to 11. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, my labor was, you know, kind of like coming and going. It wasn't consistent. Um, so they said, why not just try the birth stool? And see if it will just help, you know, put pressure to start having you dilate because I really wasn't dilating. Mm -hmm. Um, Around 2.15, they checked me and I was still just at a three. (laughs) Wow. So it was almost like we were pushing my body into something that it really wasn't ready for is Mm kind of what I was feeling personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you end up having an epidural at any Um, point during this? Funniest thing, I decided I was going to try all natural again. Uh (laughs) So I said, I decided, you know what, I'll try it. You know, if they're going to do the Pitocin slower, maybe I I would be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's good that then that you didn't get it. I mean, I don't know if they would have given it to you if you were only that far along, but... Yeah, that's good. Then you were able to get up and try different things. Right. I was able to walk around and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So then do you think that the, what you thought was labor, was it actually like false labor or? I, I pretty much think it was just false labor. Yeah. Uh But because I hadn't really had contractions, you know, and everything on my own, I was thinking it was labor. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And during that time, my mom wasn't doing good mentally. So she had come up and she ended up in the hospital here. And so the day that I went in, I kind of had a lot of stress of how my mom was doing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that had a lot in my labor, like stalling it because my body wasn't relaxed. Yeah. No, that totally can have an effect because, Mm -hmm. yeah, when we're you know, distracted or fearful or carrying that stress, like definitely 100% has Mm -hmm. effect on the physiological process. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So So then, yeah, go ahead. How did it end up all? So around 245, my contractions really started, ended up starting up um, and Mm. they started pretty quickly. Um, Then um, 
they did lower the pit to an eight because I was up at 11 and because they were coming really on top of one another and I couldn't breathe. They just, they said that they would turn it down for me. Um, and I was thankful for that. Um, but the problem was he, anytime I would get up and move around or they'd say, try this side or try that side, his heart rate kept dropping. Mm. And so they wanted me to go on oxygen thinking maybe he was in distress. So he needed some, I needed oxygen to be able to breathe in order to help his heart rate go better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up being stuck in a bed on my left side, pretty much a lot of his labor after walking around and it kept dropping. Um, and around three twenty, I started the nitrous oxide. I had never tried it before. Um, I was like, that's it. I, I just can't handle it anymore. I'm not going totally natural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, at least if I could try the nitrous this time. Um, and so I did, I was able to use that, but I realized now I didn't really know how to use it and to breathe with it during the contractions. So it really didn't do much for me. Mm. Um, he was, um, born around 416 so from 320 to 416 um you know the contractions were coming i dilated from a 3 to a 10 pretty pretty quickly yeah wow yeah um and we decided at that time we had done a lot of research on um delayed cord clamping and i wanted to try doing the placenta pills to see if it would help with postpartum Mm-hmm. So at 416, he was born, and we did the delayed cord clamp. Um, and um, my postpartum hit me within an hour. I had some severe po- – with my number four, um, Emmanuel, I had severe postpartum started like an hour after wow. birth. Yeah. Wow. So how did that present itself? What um, did that feel like or what did that A lot like? of anxiety just Mm -hmm. I felt like I could almost crawl the walls and um, if I coming to find out years later with all the research we did um, I found out I have MTHFR um, where your body can't handle nitrous oxide at all it's actually pretty much like poison um, to your body it's really weird where my sister uses it and she it's great for her and just for me it was almost like um, the detoxing from it. And I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it showed up a lot as anxiety and uncontrollable thoughts just right away in the hospital room. Mm. Um, Wow. It was was pretty rough. (laughs) Hmm. Um, I decided to go on... um, antidepressants with him because it just wasn't working you know my mom wasn't doing good I didn't have a lot of support in the beginning because we weren't sure you know we didn't realize what I was actually dealing with this postpartum until he was like three weeks old Mm -hmm. yeah um it got to the point where I wouldn't even want to be alone by myself with the kids or anything um so I had a niece move in Um, I went on medicine and I ended up having a support system once we figured out what it was. And these ladies came in and they cleaned for me and they cooked with me and everybody took turns coming Mm -hmm. 
to stay with me. Yeah. And I had meals for three and a half months after he was born. Oh, that it was amazing. Yes. And every, I know. And even if I didn't have my mom there that time, I had these other godly Christian women who reached out and supported me. It was amazing. Mm. Wow. That's such a blessing. It is. Wow. Yeah. Those women are amazing to all just rally around and, and offer you that support. And, Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's beautiful that you were able to accept it too, because right. I know sometimes even when we're in a really dark time, we can still kind of have that prideful mm-hmm. thing of like, no, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm, I got I'm this. So glad you, know, you were this is, able. Yeah. 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 Man, that's such a blessing. I it love is. That. It, it was amazing. It, I mean, it was even, he was born in October, so it was like change of season too. So I feel like that was part of it. And with my mm-hmm. mom doing not so good, um, and um at christmas time i was still not doing that great and this couple came and they went out and bought our children christmas gifts for us Aww. and we were able to have our own family christmas from them it was so sweet oh i love that mm-hmm. yeah what a gift That's it was beautiful. for sure mm-hmm. i did go um I did go to therapy for postpartum, you know, um, what do you call it? The counseling. And that mm-hmm. seemed to be really good for me. I was able to um, work through it and she really worked me through it greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big thing. So did you just go to like a regular mental health counselor or did you no. find someone specifically? So at the hospital, they had a pamphlet flyer on this lady who helps women with postpartum depression. Oh, That's what she okay. um, specializes in. And I already knew it was hitting me there. So the doctors and nurses were trying to give me all the support. You know, I was starting to think it might be postpartum, but I wasn't sure. I'm like, I, she, he was just born. Can it really be hit me that mm-hmm. fast, you know? Um, yeah. And so they... They able were able to give me a pamphlet to have me go to this lady. And it really did help me during that time also just to focus, know what to put if my thoughts were um, really hard to go through at that moment to retrain my brain to be busy in something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So how long did you end up dealing with that? that postpartum depression as a whole like did when did it was two like... years okay wow. yeah yeah it was really hard we did a lot of research between supplements we tried lots of supplements we did um antidepressants and we also did um oh what was it hormone treatment we figured we mm-hmm. would try the hormone treatment because my hormones were so low to see mm-hmm. if that would help me come out of postpartum better. Um, but doing hormone treatment, your body changes every day. And it was almost like a, a very much of a up and down type of thing still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think it helped, but I'm not a hundred percent that it really was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. How- how did you know, like, when did it, like, how did you know then when you were kind of like out of it? Like, what, 
did you end up like getting off medication? Yeah, I slowly um... started going off. Um, I realized that with the MTHFR that I have, um, and then not knowing until what I know now, um, my body does not react very good with antidepressants at all. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, it caused me to have suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so those are really, really hard for me as with being a Christian. Why do I even have these? You know, like, I know it's wrong. Um, and I had, my husband was a huge coach in telling me, remember, it's not you, it's your hormones, you know, um, and he was just a huge support in that just, you know, helping me cope, get through every day. I'd call him if I had a hard time or, um, call someone or go somewhere, go to my sisters or something just to help me through the hard days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then how long were you actually on the medication? Like I was for you... two years. Okay. Yeah. So when were you able to tie the fact, like the suicidal thoughts when I was at, into like once I started weaning off once I oh, started really? yes once I started wow. weaning off I'm like those thoughts are going away oh, like I am goodness. starting to feel better you know like this is like if I would have known you know mm-hmm. I had been on medicine with my previous two um with the my first well I should say with my first one and my second one I went on right away because I didn't I wanted to be supported right away Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I did have suicidal thoughts with them, so I didn't stay on medicine right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't stay on, you know, maybe a year and then I went off with them. Yeah. Well, with, since my postpartum was so much harder, um, this time around with my fourth baby, I wanted to try staying on to see if it would help me write it out faster. <laughs> Wow, and then yeah. you just found out it had the opposite. Yeah, it actually had that the opposite so effect. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Just crazy. Yeah, and you wouldn't know. Like you would have no really way of knowing that. No, I had no Be- idea. Yeah. yeah. My wow. mom had been on antidepressants herself and they worked great for her and mm-hmm. my sister, so I figured, well, you know, they've been on those ones. I sh- it should be able to work for me too, just like them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's Wow. That's, I, I've never heard of that. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you are able to share that experience because, you know, if someone else is out there is on medication and not real, like not feeling better mentally, maybe, right. maybe that's the cause. Maybe, maybe that maybe could be something yeah. else. Right. Maybe they yeah, need something wow. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that oh, was a amazing. huge breakthrough for me just realizing that. And, uh-huh. um, Yeah. So if anybody's out there and you're feeling, you know, if they're in the thick of postpartum and it's coming more often than really helping, I think you should tell your doctor that, hey, you know, I didn't, with me, with being on this medicine, I had no support. My first one, I went to a psychiatrist because that's who they had said to go, you know, go on this medicine, go to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And she was so rude to me. Um, she's like, so do, are you planning on having more kids? I said, yeah, we would love to have more kids. She's like, well, then you should plan on being on, um, antidepressants the rest of your life. Wow. I was like, uh, <laughs> so I never went back to her and I just kind of had come in, you know, at your six week, you can go on this medicine every, 
<clears throat> six weeks will check up with you, see how you're doing. And in between time, I had no support, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Especially so- when I was feeling like I was trying to make it just moment by moment with him. Mm-hmm. And so then yeah. did you end up doing the placenta encapsulation? I did. did. Yeah. And that didn't seem to help it at all? Didn't... Or do you think, I wonder if, if because of the medication, do you think it didn't help? Or... That's, that's one of my guesses. Um, mm-hmm. because otherwise my recovery was really, you know, really went well. I had a lot of milk supply, you know, I, you know, those were the pros with it, but Mm -hmm. mentally I'm get, I'm thinking because of being on the medicine, I didn't feel the effect of what it could have done for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So So do you have anything else from that time or that experience that you want to share or um, do you want to move on to your fifth? Um, I did want to leave a Bible verse, um, for the moms that have gone through postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really helpful for me during that time. Um, my favorite Bible verse is, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love mm-hmm. and of a sound mind. Um, from Second Timothy one seven. That was something that I would say over and over again. T- to mm-hmm. And just pray, God, can you just please give me a sound mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That way I can be a mom to my children, you know, and enjoy this babyhood, you know. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful reminder that those thoughts, you know, they weren't from him. Like, you know, they were were from, you know, the enemy from exactly of of who he is and what he promises. So to be able to, you know, kind of ingrain that into your mind and remind yourself of that. It's yeah, that's powerful. Mm hmm. And they don't, your thoughts do not have to hold any power over you. No. You know, Mm -hmm. and he does. He, you will get through postpartum. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he makes, you know, he makes beauty out of ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even through the hardest time, look for the most, look for the beautiful thing. Look at your baby, you know, hold them Mm -hmm. and hug them and kiss them because they don't know what mom's going through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that kind of leads me to one more question about that season. Um, Mm -hmm. How was it with your other kids? Like, were you able, like, did you feel like you could, like, be a mom to them? Or was it so debilitating that it just kind of robbed you of that? It really, really robbed me of that time. Our Mm -hmm. oldest son started kindergarten that year. And I remember having to walk him out to the school bus was the hardest thing I could ever do because I was scared what my thoughts would tell me. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was so much therapy to do it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I walked out to the bus by myself with him to go and get him off the bus. And I was like, wow, you know, those thoughts didn't come. And just crying and giving him the biggest hug and kiss, like, Mom made it this far today, bud. (laughs) Aww. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a really hard time as a parent, um, Mm -hmm. being the mom, not being able to take care of my kids. You know, I could feed them. I could get them dressed. And just getting through the moment by moment was really hard. I had a lot of... 
um, guilt from the postpartum that I had after I went through that with him. But you know how kids are so resilient. They don't remember to this day. My older Mm -hmm. ones don't remember that I even went through that. Wow. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that God, you know, protected them from that. For sure. And during this time, I forgot to say, um, we were, so with my one before him, um, Emmanuel, with Joelle, the one where um, um, she was born during the time my sister had her daughter, um, we started building a log cabin and we tore it down piece by piece and we were building it. So we were living in the basement as we refinished it. And I think living in the basement, hardly any windows, um, really was hard with my postpartum time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you made it through that. Me too. <laughs> and you're here right. to, to speak to it because right. it is, it can be common and definitely. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. It was, it was probably one of the hardest things to talk about, but I want moms to be aware you know, yeah. with, with the postpartum and, you know, I have been through it. So <clears throat> excuse me, if any mom needs to reach out, I'm there for them mm-hmm. because they should not stay quiet. You heal, mm-hmm. <coughs> you heal from, from sharing your experience. I feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. agree with that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We can put your information in the show notes so if anyone yeah. wants to reach out they can do that yeah okay so do you want to so, move on or? yeah okay so baby number five um emmanuel was um three years um by the time that he was i was due for him um so i felt like i really had time to process we didn't do anything to prevent getting pregnant or anything but god i just say god knew i needed those three years to heal before Mm -hmm. we had another one um so his pregnancy um was pretty traditional too um besides going overdue again (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you think by this time my husband was kind of like are you sure you don't want to try anything else you know like the birth cottage or anything and I'm like no I am never going to be doing anything like that I am just yeah I'm just too scared your husband was like yeah (laughs) kind (laughs) of that's cool yeah he was kind of nudging me you know like are you sure? And with my mom, she had lost a baby at 16 weeks. Mm. Um, when I was young, I was 12 years old and I just had that fear of losing a baby. Like I couldn't try anything else, you know, being at the hospital is where it's going to be the safest type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, now I realize, you know, that it was just a fear of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I just, was like, no, we're just going to stick with this again. (laughs) And um, he was six days over two. um, And they said, how about, you know, come in. You're not really getting anywhere Um, again. (laughs) Um, So I went in at at 8 and at 8.15 they started Pitocin. Um, 
or no, 8.15, I asked them if I could try Cervidil. Um, and they said no, they couldn't because baby was so high. He wasn't even low um, into my pelvis like he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that They were just going to start me on Pitocin, and that's how we were, how we were going to do it. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, they put me on pit around 1230 and um, at, let's see, no, they broke my water at 1220 and put me on Pitocin right after that. And I was at a four at that time. Um, I decided this time since I was doing Pitocin, I am just going to go with the epidural again because when I had the epidural with our third our second baby, um, it just really worked well, you know, with the Pitocin. I felt like my postpartum mm-hmm. went better, um, and I didn't want to go through the terrible postpartum that I did with with my first and my fourth. So um, I did that, and um, I got the epidural at 110, and he was born at 405. <laughs> Wow. So he came out pretty good. He he was out in two pishes. And I remember as I was pushing, the doctor was like, you need to slow down. Um, he's spinning so fast, I can't even catch him. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, um, I am getting this baby out. <laughs> <laughs> so he was out in two pushes. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and everything was good with that. Um, yes, everything went good with him. Yep. Um, he did have tongue and lip tie, um, so we did end up revising that. But my postpartum was really went really well with him, and I feel like doing the epidural with Pitocin um, really helped that. Mm-hmm. That's how it, yeah. what I really believe in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always in awe of moms that can do no epidural with pitocin oh me too (laughs) i'm like you are one strong mama (laughs) yeah i I don't know how anyone does that it's amazing no i know (sighs) yeah so why do you think they were so like eager to get labor started at six days overdue because i don't know i mean it's 42 is generally the yeah the quote unquote cutoff right exactly Um, so i'm did you have like NSTs or anything? Like, did they? No, no. So no. they just wanted. They just wanted baby out for some reason. Yeah, for some <laughs> reason, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe huh. one of them was going on vacation. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's possible, right? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, that's really interesting that they and yeah, so pushy. Just yeah, they were very pushy with his. Yeah, especially if you are a mom, that obviously that's your normal, right? Right. Like your babies exactly. just like to cook longer. It, so. They like to cook longer. And yep. I really wished that I would have known what I know, you know, I wish I would have known to just wait it out, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. you know how it is. You're tired. You're yep. very 
over pregnant <laughs> hormonal yeah, and, and then it just kind of sounds enticing yeah <laughs> it like, sounds oh, so I can enticing. have my baby tomorrow okay exactly I'm coming right <laughs> in you know type yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah no I totally get that 100 yeah. percent yeah um I did during his pregnancy I had started what is called plexus it's something that I take supplements with um mm-hmm. so with his I forgot to share was with his pregnancy oh. He was the first pregnancy. I was not sick up to almost 20 weeks. Wow. Yeah, I just, I was nauseous, but I didn't throw up. And um, I had a lot more energy once I started it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I learned that balancing my blood sugar and staying hydrated and eating protein um, was the key to my, mor- my morning sickness, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, he did. I did go through with him. Um, he had what was called failure to thrive. Um, it seemed like every time that he would get shots, he would totally shut down on me for three days mm. at a time with barely eating or drinking. So that was a little bit harder as in that aspect of mm-hmm. Um, it actually took three years for him to finally be eating food and trying different foods and that. So his postpartum area era was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Not mentally, but just um, in trying to get him to eat and to gain weight and many, many doctor visits on trying to figure out what is wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it came down to the vaccines that they were giving him his Poor little body just would shut down. It was just almost too much for him with doing three vaccines at once or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always kind of, I, I don't like that they give so many at a time. I know. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. after with him and going through what I did. And even the doctor mentioned we should stop giving him them for now because he kept shutting down on us like it has to be related you know Uh um yeah so So in the meantime between my um fifth and sixth baby um i did go through postpartum depression more with him and i decided i wanted to find a natural doctor this time to see if I could try something different because we knew the um, antidepressants just did not work. Um, And I did. I found a doctor, and at that same point, she had asked me, Danielle, when have you ever felt good? And I'm like, really not? You know, it's been a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I think that you have Lyme. And I'm like, really? And she's like, possibly some co-infections. And... So we did the testing, and I found out I had Lyme and co-infections. Oh, wow. And so I dealt with my thoughts even after postpartum with the babies. You know, it was years. I felt like I would never be normal again, as in being able to keep my thoughts um, from going off in places, you know, anxiety like crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. And come to find out, one of the co-infections I had causes those type of thoughts. And hormones trigger Lyme in your body, triggers Lyme in your body um, to go through postpartum thoughts. Hmm. 
So that is kind of something that I found out during that time. And so I did start, um, before I got pregnant with my sixth baby, I did start Lyme treatment and co-infection and treatment. Um, and I started feeling really, really good. And so he was about two years and two months when, um, our sixth baby was born. (laughs) Um, Kendrick was, um, her pregnancy was really, it went amazing. I had the best energy. I was barely even nauseous. Um, I was hiking Mount Mananoc (laughs) with her pregnancy. It was just, I really felt amazing with her, with going on the Lyme treatment and the supplements that I was on. Um, my life had really changed. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's amazing that, you know, it, something that you were, you know, undiagnosed with and then right. it just affected you like that. Right. Wow. So going, coming to find out with the Lyme triggering postpartum in my body, um, if I would have known, you know, say with my first one, that would have been amazing. You know, I would have mm-hmm. known it, yeah. you know, for sure. It really wasn't me, you know, it was yeah. just my body fighting against me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, um, with Jessa, um, let's see, she was born in 2020, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, just in time before, um, before the whole COVID shutdown. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can't remember too much. Let's see. Um, I went in with contractions this time around three 30 again, um, And I feel like walking through the hospital doors and all the trauma and being scared of going on Pitocin and everything um, made my labor stop. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was kind of contracting on and off. Um, At around 7.30, they came in and they're like, you know what, let's do the breaking of the water again. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, you know, I, I don't want it to happen what it did with the fourth one, but I am just so done. I guess, sure, why not? (laughs) Um, So they did break my water and had breakfast, and my contractions had really started up, and then they just totally petered out at around noon. Mm. So I went from contracting, you know, my water, they broke my water, um, maybe we're having this baby today type of thing to absolutely nothing. Wow. And so, um, they told me, why don't you just unhook from everything, go walk around the hospital and come back in an hour and let's see what you're, how you're doing. Um, and around one they're like, no, you're, you know, I wasn't contracting at all. Um, so they're like, we're going to start the Pitocin again. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I really didn't want this. You know, why do I keep doing this to myself type of thing? Um, you know, we are doing more and more research. Like, you know, maybe we should start waiting, but it was a little too late. They had broke my water. Um, and so they put me on Pitocin at like 145 and, um, um, let's see. She was born at 407. 
Um, I did get an epidural with her that time too. And I felt I got it at 345 and she came at 407. (laughs) I barely got the epidural in at that point. (laughs) I remember them saying, you hardly even made it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, I pretty much had done all the hard stuff, you know, without (laughs) it. So why did, (laughs) oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh... So she was born. Yeah, and she was eight pounds, um, twenty ounces, or no, she, twenty eight pounds twenty inches. So she was eight yeah. pounds, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how was your postpartum this time after my having... postpartum um, with her? My husband ended up losing his brother, um, and I. I did go through a little bit, but hardly anything. I think it was more mm-hmm. grief than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole COVID shut down. My kids were all home. I was trying to um, do the homeschool through the school type of thing. Uh, <laughs> it was more yeah. of like a crazy time than yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we ended up, um, my husband ended up going on a stay away and we moved down to the Cape with him. So we were near the ocean, and I feel like that was so good for my postpartum period. Mm. Um, She was five months old when we moved down, and so her postpartum went really well. Mm, And I was so thankful for that. And with her postpartum, with having my natural doctor, um, she had me take what is called a tincture called Baby Blues, um, by Wish Garden, and you take like two droppers immediately after birth, and so I did that, and that is was a whole game changer with the whole postpartum mood thing mm-hmm. for me. Even my mom, who came out to help, she was like, "Wow, every time you take that, you even stop feeling blue and you stop the crying." You know, after postpartum, you can kind of get that weepy mm-hmm. weepiness a little bit, and. Um, I was really amazed at how well I I did after her. Wow. So did you ever end up doing another placenta encapsulation or did you I didn't. Do that again? No, I didn't do that with her. Um but I did with my last one. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um so Jessa was um let's see. She was one and a half when we found out we were pregnant. Um with our Evelyn. <laughs> um, we were still on the stay away. <laughs> um, I found out I was pregnant when in a rental house down there and I was so excited and so shocked at the same time. We were, mm-hmm. you know, I was homeschooling and um, just the busyness of being on the stay away and everything. Um, we'd come back on some weekends and some weekends we'd stay down there type of thing. Um, life was just really crazy busy. <laughs> We had moved in three. This was our third house. We had moved in three rental houses at that time, too. (laughs) Wow. So, um, yeah, I found out I was pregnant with her in August. And I figured this time I was going to try and keep it a secret. We were living down there and um, see how long I could hold it in. Because I pretty much told everybody I was pregnant right away with everyone else. Mm And, um, her pregnancy, I, you know, I was, I was sick, you know, nauseous, but nothing 
you know, it was pretty easy that way. I was very, very tired though with her and come to find out my iron was low, um, Mm -hmm. this time. Um, it was around at this time we were going back and forth because of the, everything with COVID, you know, they had all these restrictions in the hospital. We were wondering what we should do. Um, so I didn't make a decision until I was 20 weeks to go with the birth cottage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we went with them and I just really loved them. Um, I felt like the care was so much different. They cared about you. They talked about everything, you know, they were very caring with me saying how I was nervous and, um, how it would go since I had an epidural and I had to be induced every baby. Um, and they're like, you know what? I just think you need to wait. I think that's the biggest thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think I'm sure your body will go, you know, everybody's body goes into labor eventually. And, um, so I ended up going 12 days over with her. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) It felt like a long time. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Nope. This time I was very adamant. I did not want Pitocin if I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, With being 12 days over, they're like, you are starting to get close to the 42 week mark. You know, that's our limit. And then you have to go to the hospital pretty much. Um, I did have, what is it called? The labor that was kind of like on and off. Um, Padromino labor. Yeah. And um, I did do the mile circuit this time. And I really felt like that helped doing a lot of curb walking. Um, It finally made her settle in and be like, all right, it's go time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the day that I had her, I woke up and I was like feeling really off. Like I felt nauseous. Um, I didn't really want to eat. And I had an appointment through FaceTime with my doctor. And she's like, I bet you're going to have your baby today. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of wondering too. You know, I'm getting contractions and it seems like they're not really going away, but they're not really consistent either. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they'd be like, 30 minutes every 30 minutes and then they'd go every 10 minutes and then every five minutes type of thing <laughs> mm-hmm. at around 12 I was text my husband he was working a half hour away um that one was really really hard I'm wondering if you're gonna have to be coming home soon <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime I had messaged the midwife saying I am just exhausted. Um, could we at least see where I'm at? You know, get checked to see. I've been on this, you know, having padromino labor for a week and a half now. I'm just really curious if I'm anywhere and if we could do anything about it. Um, so she's like, why not just meet me there for five? So I feel like um, calling my sister, letting her know I'm dropping the kids off. I knew my husband was going to be home at four. Since it was our, we went, it's 50 minutes away, the um, birth cottage that we decided to go with. Um, I feel like that really made me relax and be like, all right, I can have this baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he came home around 4.15. I remember telling him, please don't be late. (laughs) 
It's a 50 minute ride. My contractions are coming pretty close together. I don't want to have a baby in the car if I don't have to. (laughs) So we dropped my the kids off at around 420 and we got to the birth cottage at 520 and I was having consistent um, contractions five minutes apart for like one minute you know and um, I got in and the midwife looks at me and she's like how's it going I'm like um I think I'm in labor (laughs) and she's like okay and and I'm like I think we need to check where I'm at. <laughs> she was like, all right. She checked me and I was at a seven. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was so thrilled. I looked at my husband, Travis, and he looked at me and we were like, it's go time. Like we could not believe it. <laughs> she was like, I am starting the tub right now. <laughs> so um, my husband was like, um, we never ate supper. Is there anything that anywhere around here that I could get supper from? She's like, well, you can get, get supper, but she can't. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he ended up going get supper um, around, I'm trying to think what time it was. Huh. Around 7 or around 6.30. And he got back. And I started um, saying I had to push. I just hopped in the water, and the water was just instant pain reliever for me. It was amazing. I I just couldn't say any more <laughs> good about it. <laughs> just going from the Pitocin to oh. being in labor on my own. Yeah. In the water birth, water which I wanted to have a water birth from the beginning, you know, with my very first one, mm-hmm. was like a dream come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So we got to the birth cottage around um, five fifty, and she was born at seven thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So how was the um, pushing and stuff without, you know, just With listening a, to your body and having no epidural and no Pitocin? And, it, you know. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, I would write out the contractions, and I would say my favorite Bible verse that I quoted earlier, um, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, you know, not to be fearful during that time. And I could do anything for a minute, mm-hmm. um, even for a minute you know, I could focus and get through this contraction and, um, I'd squeeze my husband's hand and the contraction would stop and I could, we would be talking about baby names and anything. It was just crazy (laughs) how amazing it was. (laughs) And I did feel the ring of fire this time. Um, and pushing, um, I had done a lot of, um, research and, um, read up a lot on pain-free birth and I was really hoping this time to um, try work with that and try not to have fear and you know I was curious could I really go through a labor and delivery without having pain-free my it wasn't a hundred percent pain-free but I have to say working with the contractions and breathing with them and having a whole different mindset of I can do this my body is made to do it Mm-hmm. Um, 
made her whole labor and delivery just go way better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what so I, I always believe is that it's the fear. It's the yes, fear it is. Her, yep. Right. And but, I know like now for me talking with the midwives, they're like, see, you knew your body knew how to have a baby. Uh-huh, you just didn't wait long enough. You know, it yeah. didn't fail you. You know, and I know walking through now that I, that I, um, have gone, thought about it, going back to the hospital, every time I'd walk in those doors, it felt like fear came back. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. just multiple, you know, mm-hmm. where they, the midwives told me that you will have your baby where you feel safe. And th- it was true for me with going to the yeah. birth cottage. Yeah. Wow, what a mm-hmm. testament to that. Totally. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm wow. the first yeah. one out of my family to ever go go to a birth cottage, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has gone to the hospital and to have that kind of labor and delivery was just like, you know, a testimony to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. It yeah. always amazes me when women have traumatic birth experiences mm-hmm. how they continue to keep going back to the system that's causing that right know? right and I know a lot of it is is because one we don't know any better you know yep. this is just what we're taught and we're told is the right thing to do mm-hmm. um and that fear you know not mm-hmm. knowing how to work through that fear of right well how could I feel safe anywhere else because the hospital is where we're supposed to feel safe right right exactly (laughs) and knowing you have that other option and um being an advocate for yourself is just amazing with you know the labor and delivery I had just it's just unreal (laughs) yeah so how has your postpartum been? It sounds like you're still pretty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it has been really, really good. Oh, good. Um, I do have a fussy baby, but we can work <laughs> through it because she sleeps. She goes to sleep at 830 every night and wakes up at 730. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so even if you have a fussy baby that way, you, if you get sleep, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's been amazing. I mean, it was, she was two days old and my uncle died in a motorcycle accident. And so I was like, oh no, here we go again. (laughs) Type of thing. But um, my mom was out here and I've had all the help from my family and his family. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the best. I have to say personally, this is the best. Um, postpartum period I've ever had I feel like I bounced back just so much quickly and so do you think that having that natural safe where you felt safe you know birth and feeling prepared do you feel like that also plays into it I really do I really feel like you know not there was nothing traumatic it was quiet it was just I labored in the tub at the birth cottage all by myself until I started pushing, you know, with Travis there, you know, and Mm. I, I really enjoyed that part. I didn't have the bright lights. There was no, 
um, you know, have laying on my back, not being able to, you know, go in my own positions that I needed to, to have this baby come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I have read, and I don't know too much about this extensively, but I have read that um, some there have been studies linking Pitocin to postpartum depression. Yes, I've heard so, that. I read um, that myself. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, with a lot of the research I've done, um, I've found out that Pitocin is a huge thing in postpartum. And I, I almost think that's been a huge thing in my postpartum journey. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, usually with the Pitocin, it's that cascade of interventions and then it leads to more trauma. And then, you know, if, if just the Pitocin on its own is linked, you know, to postpartum depression Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like also the, like the, you know, it's just a whole cascade. Right. It's just feels like it's a whole tumbleweed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It really, it really can be. And I'm, I'm always so thankful when I hear of women that have, you know, have these interventions or have to have these interventions because of, you know, a medical issue or an emergency or, you know, I'm so thankful that, you know, they're able to come out of it and, you know, mm-hmm. make it through and some don't deal with trauma at all, you know, and that's right. always, that always leaves me in awe as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Same. Um, yeah. But yeah. no, it, it definitely can contribute to it probably sure. more often than not. Yes, definitely. Reality, but, and I wish, yeah. you know, I could have told myself, you know, starting out in the very beginning, if I, I feel like if I would have waited longer, my body would have gone on its own. Mm-hmm. where in a way they're like oh you know you're overdue you need to have this baby type of thing um where then my body didn't really know how to go into labor yeah you know it would just well and and I don't know if it's even that because I think that our bodies are designed to know what to do but I think when right you know somebody's planting those seeds of doubt yep, into our definitely. minds then we don't know how to trust the process yeah, because we've been just fed, you know, like it's that power of life and death and, and the power of the tongue. Right. You know, if you're just being told, oh, you know, that it won't, we need to mm-hmm. get things moving, you know, it's not happening. It's not happening. Then we're going to believe that of ourselves. That's true. And we are going to then doubt ourselves. We're going to doubt our bodies. We're going to doubt the process. Yep. And, you know, that's where we're going to place our trust. <laughs> yep. Is in, you know, those words and those people that are yeah. speaking that over us versus Versus what God has created us to do. Definitely. That's yeah. what um, was so different with this pregnancy and labor and delivery where I had them telling me, your body knows how to go yes. into labor, you know? Oh, yeah. You will go difference. into labor. You're not going to be pregnant forever, mm-hmm. even though it feels like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you had that life spoken over you. Yes. And the outcome was yep. so much more beautiful and definitely yeah oh yeah i love that that's i know that's beautiful <laughs> it was <laughs> oh, i think so good yeah and even i was nervous about coming home right after having a baby but mm-hmm. she was born and then an hour and a half we are home in our own bed oh, um I, love it. I got a whole night of good sleep nobody was coming in to check in on me all the time mm. and i feel like that was really hard in the hospital when i had hospital births yeah. Um, people were constantly coming in and out of the room and I never could get that sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, where with 
this time we were home. I was in bed. You know, Travis was there to help if I needed. But we slept a good 10 hours after I had her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, what a difference and that makes, too. So different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kids were with my sister, so it was just us. We had our own time. You know, he did cooking for me. He's an amazing cook. <laughs> <laughs> so he babied me in that way, you know. I love it. So Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Well, I'm so thankful that you were able to come on and share your journey through, you know, that the trauma and then the postpartum and, mm-hmm. you know, then finally, you know, finding healing for your body and your mind and right you know finally god is good (laughs) yeah a good birth oh that just makes me happy and i i hate i hate that like most women have to go through all that stuff in order to then come around and reach this place right but i mean that's why i just love these stories and being Mm -hmm. able to share them because someone may hear this and say wait a second (laughs) Maybe I'll just avoid all of that right. you know, to begin exactly. with and choose a different birth option, Definitely. you know. Um, yeah. And like I always say, we have to choose and we have to go where we are going to feel safe. And for Definitely. some people, that is in the hospital and Definitely. they will yes. have a good experience. Mm-hmm. But m- most of the time, you know, situations like home birth and birth center births are, yeah, they usually have a good a beautiful outcome and definitely yeah I love yeah I love that so me too I I had told my husband if they were like this every time I could have a dozen kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. just I think that's I've even heard that like that when you experience that physiological birth process where you um train your mind and you're prepared mentally mm-hmm. and spiritually to to do this it's like women have a baby and they say okay I want another one yeah (laughs) when can we do that again (laughs) yeah it's so true it's like yeah right to me Uh you know from going to from complete fear of how this labor and delivery and after baby you know the postpartum period is going to go to something that it was just an amazing process Mm-hmm. And everything went so smoothly and it was so peaceful and how it was supposed to go. My, I worked with yeah. my body, not against it. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. Yeah. It really oh, was. I love that. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share or you feel like that's um, a good note to end on? I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful journey and I'm glad that, you know, you you made it to where you are yes definitely (laughs) Uh, and so hopefully if you know there are future children you'll have even more you know amazing positive experiences and for sure yeah love it yeah cool well thank you so much for sharing all that you shared and i'm i'm excited for everyone to hear it (laughs) yeah thanks for having me thank you so much for listening i hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.